Natalie Allport, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and like in the gym setup. This is like my zone. <laughs> gym, podcast setup, everything. We like to we like to have fun here. It's kind of like all our passions. But for those who don't know, why don't you give yourself a little introduction? Oof. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, long story short, my story basically is I grew up playing hockey. I basically gave up hockey to go all in on snowboarding. At 17, I made the junior national team, um, traveled with that, uh, fell just short of the Olympics in 2014, dealt with some mental health stuff, injury stuff, and ended up walking away from the sport in 2015, which is like the biggest decision of my life. Um, and I actually had started my business, like my marketing business in 2014, just before that. Oh, 2014. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I basically dove into that like right away and then dove straight into competing in CrossFit right away as well. And so that's been a, a big journey. And basically what I'm doing now is just creating content, training for CrossFit, rehabbing my shoulder injury so I can hopefully get back to competing and um, doing some business stuff too. So, yeah, well, that was like you were able to fit in like what I could not do because I'd be sitting here for hours just trying to introduce you because you have such an incredible story. And I want to kind of talk about that that time period when um, you were heavily involved in the sport and, you know, had to take a step back. So talk to us about that a little bit. What was that journey like? And yeah. Yeah, well, like I said, it was like the hardest decision of my whole life. Um, like as an athlete, you spend so much time in your life, right, dedicated to one thing and your identity is tied to one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing, too, is a lot of athletes face this decision like at a young age. And so for me, snowboarding took up such a big chunk of my life. Like when I look back now, it's been... I guess, six years since I stepped away from snowboarding. Really? But six years is like probably how much time I spent in it. Oh, like, man. So back then, six years is a huge chunk of your life, right? Yeah. But now I'm like, wow, I've spent like more time out of it and in a new sport than actually in it, which is like a crazy comparison. So when you're young, you're not really like ready and prepared to deal with those big shifts and like what you want to do, especially when you spent your whole life doing one thing and so for me it was like a bunch of little things that added up to making the decision um i was experiencing like panic attacks and some stuff with mental health like anxiety and um different things where i they was kind of unexplained i had no idea where it was coming from and uh i didn't really realize until afterwards that it was kind of linked to this mindset that i had around like i have to make the olympics i have mm. to win a gold medal i have to do this yeah um i was just like so hyper focused on that and then injuries too. Like whenever I got injured, I would just bounce back. And that was like the biggest thing. I never took time to really deal with them or think about them. Mm. And they almost are like, it's kind of like micro PTSD in a sense because... It, it is trauma. Right. I mean, yeah. And it's not like, um, it's not an injury where it's like, oh, I like hurt my ankle, Um, I guess like playing soccer or something and you know it's it's it is trauma because it's like, like falling 80 feet out of the air when you're snowboarding right and so then it's to, an extreme sport <laughs> yeah and like yeah. to pull yourself together yeah. and go to a competition two weeks later and say okay i have to do the same trick on a similar size jump or something is it's a lot like a lot to deal with and yeah. i think i always just push through push through push through and then all of a sudden it really hit me really hard especially my last season in 2015 i was already starting to feel a little bit out of it kind of questioning is this the right sport right. could i like transition to another sport because I'm still young like would I regret if I keep pushing don't make it and transition later when there's not enough you know chance or like young years left in me to do a different sport or whatever mm. um, so those questions were coming to mind and then I saw like a friend close to me get a really bad injury and just saw her with her parents in the hospital and talking through that and that was kind of like the nail in the coffin for mm. me deciding okay I'm gonna give the rest of the season my all but then I think I'm gonna walk away if I still feel like it at the end 
and that's kind of what happened is yeah i told my coaches like hey don't put me on the national team next year like i'm taking a break um but yeah that break <laughs> obviously extended for forever <laughs> well there's a lot to talk about there but i think one of the main points that like i think I, I'm almost every athlete at some level can relate to that is like the identity that you get wrapped up in as an athlete right I didn't play anywhere near as like competitive or high level as you, but you know, growing up playing football, that's what I was. I was a football player. That's like yeah. what I like became, what people knew me as. Like, oh yeah, Deepak, he's a big linebacker. He's a football player. That is his like. That's what he does. And you wrap up your own value and what you think you have to give to the world is like, I'm a football player. And not many people knew, like, I got great grades. I was, like, super social. I, I even liked, like, you know, I liked art and creativity. Like, I liked a lot of different things outside the sport, but this is what was, like, my medium at the time, and I was just, like, I was good at it. So yeah. it was, like, you get that validation, and then you're, like, no, well, you know what? Like, maybe I could, like, make a career in this, right? And then like talk to me about that a little bit like the the impact of identity in sports that's the big piece and like that's i haven't talked to an athlete yet who hasn't had to deal with that when they like walked away from their sport or even whenever they deal with an injury right mm -hmm. and i think like identity is just you you feel this big fallout when it's like your identity is in question so like you get an injury and all of a sudden you're like oh my god who will i be if i'm not this the snowboarder or mm. not this or or whatever and like even my parents are amazing but they introduced you know to their friends like oh my daughter's on the national team and she does this and she's trying to make the olympics and yeah. um and i used to hate that because i was like I, oh like just putting that out there makes me like only be that and mm. the same thing like i would meet people at parties my friends would introduce me as like oh my friend's a snowboarder and she does this and so even the friends i met at the gym like when i when i told people at the gym that i stopped snowboarding i was like will anyone here think i'm cool or like even good at crossfit or anything like were they only hanging out with me because like i was snowboarding and doing this mm. cool thing so that was like a really big piece of everything and right. um obviously figuring out what's next and like what else you like to do and like how you can make that into a career is really difficult but it's yeah it's that whole identity piece because often you've been told your whole life because yeah. to be an athlete it's not like something you pick up a year before it's mm -hmm. like something you've done since you were a kid and for me I think I told my parents at three years old, I wanted to make the Olympics. And so mm -hmm. since then, you know, everyone just introduced me as an athlete, no matter what sport I was doing. And right. so to all of a sudden not, you know, give up that Olympic dream that I had, because that was what I identified myself with was mm -hmm. like, I'm going to make this dream happen. And everything I do or have gone through up until this point won't matter until that happens. Right. All of a sudden it didn't happen. And I was like, wait, then who am I now? And, and that's the big thing is like the wait, who am I now? Because people have been putting you in a box for so long. And like, honestly, like it's, it's innocent like they're not it's not like they're doing that to like label you or anything it's like legitimately just what we do like oh yeah. this person's good at this thing that's like that's just the easiest way to categorize them right but when you start to just own that and become that and like that's everything and you just sleep breathe that that's everything like for you going to the olympics for me football for someone swimming like whatever it is right that just becomes everything but when injuries or you know lack of performance or competition or whatever it is right kind of changes that and you have to pivot i think like it takes i honestly it takes even more guts to go back and actually rebuild yourself and a new identity and that's what like i love about you and your story and your brand and everything that you've done since is like own that and be very 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 upfront and open about that story and and 
the mental health uh, struggles that you've had as well and how you've overcome that and now you help other people do that as well so i love that i love I, I have to say here on the podcast like you're one of the favorite people i follow on social media like i'm not just saying that because you're sitting that. in front of me like i <laughs> genuinely love it like from platform to platform like she's just crushing it like this is just you you just understand what consistency is what vulnerability and authenticity is and also like providing legitimate value it's not just like kind of parroting the same story again and again it's like no like i'm putting out what i'm doing right now and here's how it might potentially help you out uh, yeah i really appreciate that like i'm a big believer now like i'm a human being not a human doing mm. and so as much as like yeah i'm still an athlete or i'm into this or doing this it's um i try to put out content that kind of speaks to who i was and what i wish i would have seen earlier because mm. i know there's different ways that if i would have you know had a different mindset or the mindset i had now back then i think we all think that right like if only we knew back then what we know now <laughs> right yeah. and so i know obviously i can't go back in time but hopefully i can like help other people who are going through that whether it's yeah like you said mental health or maybe it's body image or maybe it's the same thing with you know identity after being an athlete mm -hmm. Or it's uh, athletes trying to figure out how to avoid that. You know, I mean, I think there's no real avoidance because there are just even just the neurochemicals and stuff of like chasing this big dream and as yeah. an athlete and like even the adrenaline and stuff, all of a sudden when it's over, like those, your, your body actually has to adjust. Yeah. So there are some things you'll never really be able to, you know, just kind of avoid, I think, when you go through that period. Especially but, in like extreme sports. Where like, yeah. You get like, an adrenaline release yeah. every day, right? So yeah. all of a sudden, that was a big thing, actually. Like when I went to go see a therapist after, um, like I stopped because I thought, you know, with all these mental health struggles, when I quit snowboarding, I'll feel better. Mm. And it just got worse. And I fell into like a really, really bad depression. And like before then, I thought I was just having panic attacks and anxiety, but it was like full on depression after that and i was wow. like all of a sudden i had plans of like what i wanted to do like with my life after snowboarding i was like again gung-ho like let's like get a over pure this athlete like, like approaching yeah. <laughs> not being an athlete like an athlete <laughs> exactly exactly i was like i'm gonna like compete in crossfit but i'm gonna like do this business to the best and like this is this yeah. and then all of a sudden like it really hit me and like even though i had those plans i just felt like i had no future i was like what am i gonna do and when i was speaking to my therapist he's i was it was starting to manifest like even in relationships with friends where i was like picking holes at like oh why did you say you didn't want to hang out with me or like oh. just weird things yeah, right yeah, yeah. and he was like that's like that adrenaline rush like you're seeking like even some confrontation <laughs> so that you get that like same feeling right that cortisol release that yeah. you're used to and i was like oh wow like i never really thought about like the chemical aspect of these things um so yeah that's that that's the hard part but i think <laughs> i think just to answer what you said i really appreciate you for uh for the the social media love i legit mean it though and like you're an example of someone who's using social media in a way where it can empower people and like connect people in like ways that i'm not gonna say that no one does there are a few like stars that reach through but i just think that like every time i see a piece of your content i'm like okay like there's something here that's going to actually help somebody and empower them and like man it fires me up i was like i'll see you doing some stuff and it's like it's not even just like you you had a video a couple of weeks ago where you literally like talked about breath work after working out and something and like i talk about meditation and i practice it to a degree and even like I'll pay the lip service to like, oh yeah, like do the Wim Hof breathing, <laughs> like do this, day, you know, box breathing, like all that stuff. But I'll forget to do that myself in a day-to-day -day life, like running the business and the this and the that and working and whatever. You'll just forget to breathe. And seeing something like that, like I actually was like, oh, like 
I forgot to like intentionally breathe today, which is like mind blowing. Like we're breathing all day, but we're never like taking the time to like connect our body with our mind and actually just like just breathe like and so that's like one of the examples like many examples if anyone is listening to this right now go follow go shout out shout out (laughs) shout out to your social media right now like we gotta we gotta get we gotta get some people seeing this stuff like (laughs) yeah well at natalie allport i'm already losing my voice that's not a good sign (laughs) but um yeah on all social media platforms but yeah like 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 anybody else like i struggle with that too where i'm like oh no i didn't breathe or do this today and like for me it's super important because i know like it adds up like after a week i'm like oh no like i can feel like the anxiety that i used to deal with like you know i can feel like the voices it's creeping back so i know i have to stay consistent with that that's like Mm. an extra motivator because i know you know maybe i don't feel it day to day but i'm like if i don't stay consistent with this it's gonna like add up um but i also try to be transparent like posting those things and saying like it's hard to be consistent like i did a partnership with a a, like a breathwork app recently and i thought it was like the perfect partnership because i was like to be honest like i've been such a big proponent of breathwork and meditation but sometimes it's hard for me without like an app or something that's reminding me and like easy to do it i'll fall off and then i won't do it but oh like i just need to go eat after my training or i need to do this instead versus like when i actually like committed and like i was okay i'm gonna use this app every day and like do this um especially before i promote or anything and like that kept me really consistent so i i can completely relate because um for me i i talk to so many of my guests about um how important it is to focus and like actual like focus like as in put your phone away have some like kind of instrumental music playing and this that but like i'd often get caught up in like okay like yeah i'm gonna focus right now but like have nine tabs open my phone in my hand some tv playing in the background like I might think I'm getting work done right now, but I'm <laughs> definitely not focused. Yeah. Like I'm, it's kind of busy work, right? So, uh, like recently, like I've taken on a sponsor as well. And like, it's a dream partnership for me as well. And it's like this app that I literally use every day to stay focused. It's called Brain FM. Like I'll, I'll give a oh, big shout Oh, is that like the neuro beats? Yeah. Oh, I used to use that. I yeah, love it. I good. use it literally every day. It's like Adderall, for, but music. <laughs> exactly and it's like for everything like i actually primarily use it at night but during the day like when i need to focus on something like i know that i kind of actually need my phone to do my work a lot of the time so i'm gonna have it there like it's it's i've I've tried the putting my phone away completely and like sure i'll get like a good hour of deep focus work done but then it's like okay like i need my crack like i I, (laughs) i need it back right but using an app like this and like having that music playing i actually get like so much work done again i don't want to make this sound like just a brain fm ad but like i genuinely use it every day and it's because it's like an app that gives me reminders and like focus and that kind of stuff so same thing with the breath work it's like oh yeah like even though we like talk about the stuff and we all know it like sometimes it's good to have a tool that helps you kind of stay on track yeah yeah well like even this morning i was like on the well i was driving to the track and uh, my boyfriend recorded me because like i had an idea and like i I like to post like like i posted this morning i think on instagram like a running video and i was kind of talking and so we did something similar it was like a thought that i just had on my head and it was like about promises that you need like keep them to yourself and that's a form of self-care yeah and i kind of went on of like these things like breath work and doing these things like you don't want to do them necessarily right like no one is really truly like addicted to meditation like if you 
you give me the choice to watch Squid Game or go <laughs> meditate for yeah. like an hour, I'm going to be like, oh, no, like I'm addicted to Squid Game. I want to watch the last episode or I want to do this. Right. But like you have to like carve the time out and it starts to become easier if you choose it over and over, like make that decision. Then it mm-hmm. gets a little bit easier, but it's never going to be the easy choice. Like mm-hmm. it's always like these things are designed to be on your phone, do these things. It's designed to be like the easy choice for yeah. you. Right. And like addicting. But it is like a form of self-care to like stick with it and like actually be consistent and do these things. But I mean, also forgiving yourself for the days that you fall off because it's just it's going to happen. Exactly. You're not going to be perfect. But like coming back to it, like I find that almost a form of integrity, like yeah. these these promises that you make yourself. Because like how many times have you like I mean, maybe you're not the right person to ask this, but how many times have you started like a workout routine and just fallen off and like this? It's like well, so so like you would think like for example like my life kind of revolves like of course I have my business and stuff, but like most of my life revolves around training. Like I say, like I spend my whole day training and filming TikToks, but it is kind of true. Yeah. And like training is a big part of what I do. I have like sponsors and like I want to get back to competition and stuff like that and during the pandemic like I struggled as much as anyone like I definitely I was lucky I had some equipment I was able to get like a barbell and get like some weights and and all these things but it was hard like I was like hey I'm gonna do this program and follow it and then like something would happen or like I get busy with work or I want to film this or do whatever and it it was hard and like so I try to post about that too because like I know most athletes are just trying to like say like oh no it's easy like I'm staying motivated like stay hard during (laughs) during pandemic and I was like no 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 like we all deal with those same thoughts like yeah for me, it's a little bit easier to like get over that voice in my head and be like, hey, no, 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 like my life relies on this. I need to get back to training. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. I want to get back there. Mm-hmm. And especially now, like I'm feeling a lot more motivated with the positive news about my shoulder and all these things. But there was definitely days like and times like anybody else that yep. I struggle. And so like as much as like whenever I post anything motivational, I'll try to like put it in the context of like I'm it's not always like this, right? Yeah. And that's what again, coming back to it, that's what I love so much about your brand and everything that you've carved out is like, look. I'm going to tell you, like, the real, real. Like, I'm not showing you, like, my kitchen sink just completely spotless. Like, no, there's some <laughs> dishes in there, man. Like, I'm a human and, like, yeah. And, and that's what I love. Um, come in, like, I want to talk to you about your podcast a little bit. Talk to me because you're the host of, it's called the All In Podcast. Yeah. And you've had it for a while. Like, I found that out before this episode. I didn't know you had it for that long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that been, it's been big for me to stay consistent. Like, hit, I just hit 100 episodes. And like, Congratulations. That was, yeah. That that's was big huge. for me because, like, you know how much it goes into every episode, especially, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I don't, like, have a producer. Like, I'm I'm grinding away editing and doing those things. And I love to do it, but it, it takes a ton of time, oh, right? Yeah. And it's really, like, a passion project. Like, I love talking to people and doing this and um putting out the information and just getting even one person messaging me like oh this helped or this was like is is worth it Mm -hmm. but it is like a lot of effort but yeah like like you said i started all the way back in 2017 i definitely wish i was super consistent then because like obviously much less people had podcasts then it was like it was like kind of like the growth era back then right that we're seeing like now with tiktok yeah um but yeah now everyone and their mom has a podcast i know especially (laughs) during the pandemic right everyone's at home they got a mic and they started i know which is great it's so great it's good to get everyone's point of views on different things and uh, everyone kind of you know having a voice is so important but yeah yeah, i wish i was more consistent back then basically like life took over i was burning out from doing a billion things at once and uh that seemed like the one thing that it was like a little bit the easiest thing to drop at the time and so Mm -hmm. unfortunately like yeah i took a step back and then i did like a couple maybe like two episodes in 2018 or something like that and then when the pandemic happened um i just like i'm gonna do some instagram lives and just like bring on especially like all my athlete friends like from x games winners to olympians to um sports psychologists for like the mlb and stuff like that like these people i i was lucky to be in contact with but 
they were home now right like sports were canceled and stuff right so i was like oh this is like my chance to like let's connect i want to catch up with them anyways i'm bored at home i yeah. want to talk and have like good conversations with people which you know i can't see anybody or whatever so yeah i just started doing instagram lives and i was like wait a second like why am i not using these for my podcast mm. so unfortunately the first one i never like saved and then after the, that one i was like oh yeah this should be also my podcast because yeah. not everyone's going to tune in live exactly so i did that for like the whole summer and fall of last year and then I guess basically this year, then I started just kind of recording them like Zoom remotely and um, producing them just because life got hectic again and it's easier to have like a bunch in the bank, right? And, oh, yeah. Um, especially me. if you want to go away or you want to like train a certain day or whatever. It, it, with the pandemic, it was easy to stick to like every Thursday at 5 p.m. Like, yep. But now it's uh, it's a little bit more like produced, which is a little yeah. bit easier for me and for the guests, hopefully. And like with life opening up, like I get that, like you probably way more opportunities, way more work, way more of this like yeah, actually yeah. came out and like we're doing this in studio and whatnot which is kind of awesome but at the same time it's like okay like you can't just fit in three zoom calls and back-to-back -back meetings and then do a podcast all you know so there's pros and cons you know what i mean to like being able to do a lot in like that kind of time period like to me I mean, the pandemic was great for productivity for like, yeah. like in terms like of just go hard on a project for six months. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's like, what else am I going to do? I'm kind of just sitting here and I can't, but now like with things opening up and stuff, it's like, okay, oof, that backlog's important. Cause I might need a couple of weeks off to work on this over here or this opportunity with business or this, like I need that. And so like yeah. full transparency, I'm building up like as much of a backlog as I can in the next three months. And I'm going to just travel and like literally just take a few months off. Yeah. And I think like there's something to be said about that creatively as well, uh, to be able to recharge your battery. And I'm sure you could talk about this in depth, like what that does for actually your content as well. And like, how you come across and how you interact with people and like when you're burning out your energy is just different and like you might just yeah. push through and like it's all good and like got it done like you know mamba mentality whatever <laughs> but at the same time it's like well don't you want to put your best foot forward and like sometimes that means you got to take a step back it's it's about like quality right and like mm -hmm. the same thing goes with training like would you rather have like a really just a bunch of shitty sessions put together and it's like just volume right it's like junk volume and you really didn't get any sort of adaptation because you didn't rest properly and mm -hmm. you're just adding up or would you rather just like take the proper rest get some really good quality sessions and like hope that 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 volume and intensity you do in those sessions and the neurological adaptations and all those things like those will pay off more because you took that step back rested yep. came back to it refreshed and i think the same thing goes with creativity it's like yep. a muscle too that like you need to like you flex it and then you relax it mm -hmm. and like creativity also it kind of comes in waves right yep. and um it's not one of those things that you can just necessarily push through like there's things that you can do like okay i'm gonna look at this for inspiration i'm gonna do this but sometimes it just requires like taking that step back and yep. then like coming back like i went away um last week and there's like i posted a couple tiktoks like usually i post like every single day sometimes twice a day but like during the whole week maybe i posted like two different things and just random things that happened but i had ideas for other ones and as i was on the trip like even when i was hiking i took a voice memo of like an idea for like a thing about mindset that i was thinking in my head that i could make into a video and yeah. all of a sudden the ideas started flowing right and i was like hey i'm gonna just continue and like i took the weekend off and then like came back like okay now i'm gonna like keep creating and so sometimes yeah you just need to take that step back and that really helps i think with anything like just get that new perspective take the little bit of time off it's not gonna set you back in any 
any way in fact like one step forward two steps back right exactly and like i love that um kind of sprint rest sprint rest kind of schedule because i like and i also think i relate that back to sports and like being an athlete right because we definitely touched on like some of the negative aspects of being that an athlete but like there's a lot of positives and i think that like i would not be the person that i am today if i like wasn't involved in sports right and like being able to kind of translate that into business creativity whatever whatever avenue that i'm exploring it's like it's kind of incredible and people have like i've spoken to people about this as well it's like like i just have a little bit more of like i just have a different perspective when it comes to like long game on these things right where it's like okay and i know you feel the same way because you're so consistent right but it's like yo like i might it's actually better if like i just kind of get something done and it's like of good quality than trying to get 50 things done and it's like not great quality and like we've all been through phases where we've thought that like only volume mattered and like i can get like yo i can lift like seven days a week and like things are going to be great but now i'm like three times a week is good like i'm happy with lifting three times a week like i used to be like okay podcasts like i want to record like four or five a week like this part right here I, like i could do this all day like this is fun this part's easy but then everything else would <laughs> yeah. burn me out like putting it out and stuff like that so that's kind of that balance that i'm trying to relate with like also resting and like by working out less i'm actually achieving way more results like yeah. and by trying to pump less out and having a little bit more of a system and a schedule and a routine and like that kind of stuff i'm actually finding myself more creative like so those kinds of things like they they translate like one to one. Oh, 100 percent and like for example when i post kind of like motivational videos on uh like i think i posted the the one of like running and it was in the rain like why am i running in the rain and I posted that on tiktok and a lot of people are like yeah no days off and i was like no like the first comment i left i left it myself and i pinned it and i was like this does not mean don't take rest days yeah. it means like if you have a rest day you got to keep that promise to yourself too mm. like you got to promise yourself that you're going to do the rest and recovery also because that's important and people get so addicted sometimes to like the training and the work right that then it's actually hard the hard choice is resting yeah versus like in you know most people are like okay it's like do i watch netflix or i go train obviously you're like oh i want to watch netflix but you're like no i need to go train Mm. but the same thing goes with resting like you can get so addicted to like training and doing this that then you forget that you need to also take that break and um i try to like tell people that and like i don't tell people what to do like i'm like everyone's their self but it's funny when some people are like no 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 i feel good i'm training every single day like this and i was like only for so long yeah (laughs) only for so long like i can tell you like i've been at the top of different sports i'm like i you know i'm competing at the high level well i was before my shoulder but hopefully again you know at this sport and i like i'm pretty well versed in training like with the coaches i've been around and everything i was like i can tell you like the fittest person on earth she takes like one full rest day a week and the one active recovery day a week so if you're like let me go hard seven (laughs) days a week like not even the fittest person on earth who won the crossfit games is doing that so yeah rest is key Rest is definitely key. And I think like um, one thing that I actually think you put me onto was the whoop. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that like I'm not wearing it right now. Kind of a bad <laughs> ad for whoop right now. Not affiliated anyway, but like I think it's really cool that it gives you that like legitimate score and like it tells you like, hey, like you did not sleep last night. Like, <laughs> yeah. Me, for me, it's alcohol. When I have alcohol and I wake up with 1% recovery, oh I'm like, okay, hey, like I could definitely go for, like work out tonight, but maybe tonight's not the night. 
Yeah. Maybe tomorrow I, I get to bed, have some chamomile tea, get some nice rest and like wake up and like crush the workout instead of like just trying to like go through the motions. But one yeah. thing I do struggle with is like when it comes to like whoop and like all this data and stuff is like, what do I do with it? And like this is from someone who like I'm not a pro, like a pro athlete. I'm not competing for anything. I'm just like recreational, just trying to be somewhat healthy ish yeah. <laughs> like, you know what i mean i'm looking at this data and i'm just like man like i don't need this like this is, <laughs> this is cool it's great i like it but i think like, i'm not doing anything actionable with it and then i find like and then i find like, i i feel guilty that i'm like you like i my oh, i forgot to charge my whoop and i'm gonna i'm about to go to a muay thai class and like i guess i'm not gonna have the stats on that but yeah. then i'm like but even when I have the stats on it, I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, like I got 14.5 strain score. It must have been, must have gone hard. Like, I literally do nothing with it. But what are right. your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's feedback, right? Like, data is all feedback. And uh, yeah, it depends, like, what your goals are. So, like, for me, when I first got the whoop, everyone at my gym made fun of me. Like, why do you need this? Like, you can just tell how you feel when you wake up and do this. And I was like, well, I just love looking at it, right? Yeah. And so, like, for a while, it was just like, I just love to see. Like, I'm just into the data, and I'm, mm -hmm. like, a nerd about it. And then before they made, like, the journal function, mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest thing for me is the journal function. But before they made it, I had kind of my own. Like, I would spreadsheet and, like, oh. log every day. Like, what are my habits? And then, like, yeah. how do I actually feel? And, like, how what did I I do and like then i was trying to like correlate and like see okay based on these habits like that i did every day like did this move the needle did like um was i inconsistent this day but that also like had to do with my recovery what were this. some of those things you were tracking like um like i would have categories and like this was also just for me to be consistent and like i would have a training category like was i fully present in training did mm. i give it my all it wasn't like did i hit a pr or anything it was literally it was like process-based goals mm. then like i had like a business thing like instead of like oh i need to do this it would be like oh do i did i um spend this much time producing this video or doing this right. or whatever and then same like social like did i talk to a family member today mm. did i check in with a friend um nutrition like did i eat enough carbs to like recover from my training uh then it was like did i get eight hours of sleep did i um turn my phone off before bed like all these like little things but like that were i knew would be important and then i would try to track them and you'd consistently track this yeah well that was the, the best year i ever had like in crossfit before i hurt myself i would say like the biggest improvement mm. i had was like in the 2018 season and that was when i like really embraced like this whole micro focus macro change mm. mindset where i was like every day tracking these things and like just focusing on these effort-based goals and then like when the year was over i was like oh my god wow look at this progress i made and i could see it on like the scoreboard yeah, and everything yeah. and um it was just yeah it was like every day i like made those small decisions had those reminders of like right. okay no matter how i feel i give my all and do this <clears throat> but i will say like so for right now, I love using the whoop with the journal function because mm -hmm. you can track, right? Like, All did I meditate things. today? Did I eat this many carbs? Did I hydrate this many cups of water? Like, oh, yeah, everything, like yeah. literally everything. Did I sleep? Did I have my dog in my bed when I sleep, which every night I do. So it has no stat for that because like that's my baseline. But yeah, like it's like all those different things. And then now they just updated in the last month or two um, that it actually gives you like full feedback and it shows you does like, okay, every time you do this, it increases your recovery by like an average mm. of 9%. And it'll factor that's the other things that are going data on. actionable data now, yeah. Yeah, so that's a big one for me because it helps me stay consistent. So mm -hmm. it's like, I know, okay, meditation is going to help, but does it actually help me? And like, right. after, I'll be able to correlate that. And for example, like it actually shows me like when I have my phone in my bed, my recovery increases, which is weird. Like you would never think that. Really? But I was like, I wonder if maybe because like You're maybe- connecting with people or like- Yeah, I mean, usually I'm not on Instagram or something when mm -hmm. I put my phone in my bed, but maybe it's like, 
I'm texting my mom mm. or like, I don't know. Like, so I'm trying to like figure some of those things out too. Like what are the other things that happen in the day that lead to me having my phone in the bed mm. or, or stuff like that? Like sometimes for a while I was saying like stress actually increased my recovery, but really? now it's, it changed. But for a while it was, and I was like thinking, well, during the pandemic, I, I actually didn't have like too many crazy stressful days mm. because I wasn't like going out and doing anything. Um, like stress was like, you know, something through the computer and email, it's not really too stressful. Yeah. And so like, I think stress was more like just my training was higher, but mm. maybe that training was actually good for my recovery. So like different things, but I, I just like to see it. I wouldn't say like I base everything off it. Right. It's more like feedback for, and like long-term patterns. So right. I like to see like, Oh, am I increasing my HIV over the long term? Right. Is my resting heart rate getting better over the long term? Yeah. Um, like am I actually like pushing my training in the long term mm -hmm. because if you like actually as an athlete, just take that day for day, like you probably, you might under train, like, you know, every yeah. day that I'm like in the red, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take every day off. But you know, there's days that you could feel as an athlete, like I got to stick to my program. And mm -hmm. then there's other days where you're like, okay, no, I've had like two days in the red. So obviously I'm going to get, you know, that could increase my chances of getting injured. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a step back. So right. you have, but I never wear in competitions. So never. Mm. Cause like, I already know my recovery is going to be you're bad. Be, like why super tell me? Stressed right? And like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were in a marathon. You're definitely not going to be like recovering that yeah. well that day. Well, and like CrossFit events are like three, three-day events so i'm like Jeez. oh by the third day it's just gonna tell me it's bad so like why would i even wear it so i just take it off that's funny because that's like kind of the opposite of what i do with the whoop now like not that i have like big events or anything but like i only wear it now when i'm doing things that like i, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to know like you want to see the strain my right? elevation yeah. or just strain on this thing or i i do like the little map that if i'm running or something it's like that's cool yeah but um I have a love-hate relationship with those things because, like, like I already said, like, I like the data. It's very cool to see. But some days it's just like, dude, I know how my body feels. Like, I feel, I feel horrible. And therefore, <laughs> I'm actually going to work out. Some, some days, I'll, like, yeah, right. I, I want to sweat. It's not going to yeah. be a crazy workout, but movement, just like a little, like, just some push-ups and just anything. I'm going to go do that. And, like, so it's very like contextual and like for me it's just another thing to pay attention to so i found that mentally not having the whoop on at all times gave me a little bit of like oh this is what life was like before i was tracking everything like that's cool i i think i'm just gonna let the battery die and like just chill this week <laughs> yeah. and like it's kind of nice so i don't know maybe i'll find it again and i really like the way like you use it in terms of like the journal because i found that one of the most annoying features but i'd fill it I, out it every is, day yeah it's hard like, to it's remember just like, like mm, okay yes <laughs> fine like did you drink alcohol yes how many drinks like eight like you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean it's like, it wouldn't you, but it does make you aware that like oh man like you you're you're falling off man what are you doing here like you know like three days in a row you're doing this but then when you self-correct and you're just going like five or six days like getting your shit together like i don't know how else to say it you're like yeah man like 96 percent recovery like yeah. i feel good right now yeah <laughs> like yeah. like day to day like is that like you said like day to day it's not going to make too big of a change but it's like that feedback at the end where you're like Macro. oh every day that i like meditate mm. it actually increased so yeah. that is like another kind of rep in the bank to mm -hmm. get you to meditate again and like right. when you go and you're like oh i'm too lazy i just want to watch squid games and <laughs> meditate you're like wait a second but i remember like my recovery will increase and i have a big workout tomorrow or something yeah so then i'll do it but yeah to your point like i have a friend 
he went to the CrossFit Games on, on a team this past year, and he always says, "Is like, why would I get a whoop? I have a child. Like, I know <laughs> that if my child woke me up in the morning asking for food, so my recovery is horrible. So why do yeah. I need the whoop to tell me?" And I was like, "Yeah, I feel you." There's, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. there's kind of two camps with that, right? But like, we're getting more and more integrated with like you know technology and like getting actionable data and insights. I think. Um, I think it's just gonna get more and more normal that everyone's gonna have that and like everyone you already see has an apple watch like you know right, to, yeah. to some degree like a fitbit like i'm really just looking around observing like that's cool that like that's become so widely accepted in our lifetimes like you know what i mean not only just phones but now these wearables and like what's next like is it yeah. gonna be my glasses is it gonna be like contact lenses is it gonna be like a chip in your a brain chip. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we won't go there but you know <laughs> elon's working on it like yeah. so um but yeah i kind of want to switch gears a bit and talk about your business journey because you know again we can't just put you in the box of like an athlete <laughs> or even a podcaster creator whatever you are also a business owner talk to me about your agency yeah so i mean it's uh, just like my own personal journey which is like always evolving the, the business has evolved a ton um like i said i started in 2014 so basically when i when i was like 17 i graduated high school a semester early um i was always interested in business both my parents studied marketing so like that was kind of like the route oh, like cool. oh i said i was gonna be an athlete and then my parents were like okay what's your backup plan this is like when i'm like six i'm like oh an entrepreneur so like when i was a kid i had a my first business uh other than like hustling things at school like selling gum and stuff like that <laughs> i did that yes. um was uh at 10 years old we started my brother who's younger than i um and my dad and i we started a business making selling agility ladders oh cool so we made a few thousand like at 10 years old just oh. making selling agility ladders then my other thing was like sport cards when i was a kid i bought tons of sport cards i still i have like three thousand sport cards i need to figure out what to Damn. do with now um but yeah i was buying <laughs> gary <sport> v holla <laughs> <at> that. <laughs> that, that was like my seriously my childhood was like hustling things like That's we would dope. find like manure under the cottage and okay. i would try to sell it to my grandparents so, like we own this cottage this <laughs> yeah. is our land <laughs> and i was like oh well come on <laughs> and so yeah i was always like selling things and like marketing things i was like always going to be kind of like my route and mm -hmm. like in school instead of taking the science classes i took all business classes so i got like some extra certificate or something cool. um but yeah so then basically my agreement with my parents were, like hey if you're gonna be a snowboarder like do this and that was actually so when i graduated so i had a whole plan of being a snowboarder but actually slope style snowboarding wasn't in the olympics yet mm. so they were kind of like oh you're gonna be a pro snowboarder and like but that's kind of like being a bum, like in their minds, you know what I mean? Like they How are you going to make money from yeah, this? They're like, You're not they a doctor, lawyer, engineer, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> like they supported all my dreams for sure, like 100%, mm -hmm. like they were like behind it. Like I had to pay for it all myself, which is what actually motivated me to get do all these businesses at a young age because mm -hmm. like I had to like figure out how am I going to pay for my snowboard season and yeah. do all these things. And that equipment ain't cheap and like everything. No, like, and yeah, the traveling, yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah, which is also like what led me to like having to learn how to get sponsors and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff at like a young age. But um, yeah, so then I basically had this interest in business and so yeah the agreement was especially because it wasn't until that summer that i got onto the junior national team mm -hmm. so when i had to decide about like college or university or whatever they said okay you can do snowboarding but you also have to go to school at the same time okay and then because i had already committed made that commitment then i got onto the junior national team so then it was like oh no what am i going to do mm -hmm. so i did a couple semesters of college only because if i went to university they wouldn't be as allowance to like mm. my snowboard season so they actually let me write exams a month early so i could go to colorado and stuff so and then i just never took classes in the winter but then i realized i was going to graduate like in 10 years yeah. <laughs> so i switched all my courses to an online university oh cool so i did that throughout my season when i was injured i would crush away at that so yeah so i got my business degree 
worked on that throughout my snowboard career. And then basically there was like a business here in Ottawa. Um, and they were like, Oh, do you want to do all our social media? Like you are really good at like marketing. They kind of sponsored me and they're like, you're really good at marketing us and doing this. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I could do that. Cause that can like be some extra money to help my snowboard season. Yeah. And I don't have to like take a shitty summer job. Yeah. I can train in the gym all summer and just do this online thing throughout the whole year. Yeah. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm down. So you're, I, you're ahead of the curve on the remote. Yeah. World stuff, well, like. I, well, the first day that the lockdown started, I made a YouTube video, about like how to work and do school from home. Cause I knew everyone would be like, right. How do I do? And I did university online while I was traveling. I did. Yeah. The my, cred to back it up. Yeah. You've always been ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, I just wanted to help. Right. Yeah. Like I was like, what's like, I, know so many people are going to be like oh no what do i do now so yeah so anyways yeah i went uh yeah did my university did all that stuff and then started the business and then it ended up being like that was just before like my last season of snowboarding and so when it came to like okay what am i going to do next it was like okay expand the business because that whole season like i had other businesses being like oh we saw what you did for this business like can you do it and i was like no like i'm yeah. snowboarding like i don't have time and yeah. so yeah i literally like again i dove all in like despite like all these things I was going through I kind of like I built that up and then a year later I ended up like moving downtown getting employees like they came and worked from like my um, like apartment and all these things and then I kind of like again with the involvement of the business I kind of just hit like this huge burnout point and I was like right. also like around the time I started the podcast and all these things yeah. and um, like I just wanted to train like that was all I wanted to do and I still felt this calling to like still be an athlete and I realized I couldn't do that with managing multiple employees and doing all this stuff yeah. so I basically took a step back I was like okay I'm just going to work with the clients that we have that I want to um, basically like not take on anyone more and kind of like step back to being like a solo business again because I kind of felt like for a long time uh especially coming from the athlete world and the mindset that I had it was like okay now if I am not gonna make it to the Olympics I have to like Dominate make it to the Olympics right exactly but then I was following someone else's blueprint I was mm -hmm. like oh like you know like people say oh they just do what Gary V does or whatever yeah. and I was like oh I have to build this agency and get employees and do this and then I realized I hate managing people and mm. I like hated doing that and I hate like I hated like taking on clients that weren't really like in the field that I wanted to work with or mm. like that had different values than i did but i was like oh i have to because i have employees and i have to pay them and do all this and so scaling back really let me like deal with like figure that out and figure out what i wanted to do as an athlete as well and like spend some time just diving back into the athlete world um so that kind of evolved i kind of like got more into my ideal client space which is like sports health wellness like that whole kind of space yep. um and then basically 2019 i kind of didn't learn my lesson again and i took on a ton of clients and i was like oh wow i'm making like all this money i'm like so stoked and i reached this big point of burnout between two of my biggest ever crossfit events and wow. um basically i couldn't train for the month leading into my biggest crossfit event so needless to say like my mentality when i was there i felt was really good physically i was just not even close to like my my peak um and then i ended up hurting my shoulder and so that's why i'm like really like like i want to get back to competition because i know the mindset i have now and like this the potential i have i just never like achieved it i feel like mm -hmm. um but yeah so it's it's just really evolved since then i've been like trying to find my way of like you know who's my ideal clients i still have that very first client that we worked nice. with and then basically over the last couple years since that happened yeah. i dove into just the athlete world because my whole story with why i got into like marketing and business was because i had to learn how to market myself as an athlete and mm -hmm. then i realized with now college athletes being able to make money and all these things um but even like before that because it started like a couple years ago like that was like my area of expertise. Like that's what I had to learn. And I wish someone would have taught me that. And right. there wasn't anyone out there. I and that. I was getting messages like, 
even when I was still competing. And then afterwards from Olympians, from pro athletes who would say, oh, my coach or my cousin's dad or whatever said that you're really good on social media or you're, you're really good at marketing or their coach told me this. And like, could you help me like figure out how to get sponsorships? Because I was always like getting sponsorships that were like kind of ahead of the sponsors that my friends who have gone on to win like Olympic medals and X Games medals were able to like even still some of them contact me for like oh what's the contact info of this brand that you were working with and they'd always be like how did you get that and I was like well I was able to like talk social media and like talk about the value provided to them Mm -hmm. and like you know figure out how to create content and do these things right and and bridge worlds like I was bridging snowboarding with like training which is like usually not put together so I was able to get like sponsors that were kind of in like the supplement and fitness world that didn't have a snowboarder for example um and so I was like how can I help athletes just do that right and so that's like all of a sudden that took off and with the the pandemic every all events were virtual so all of a sudden I was getting booked in all these speaking events for like pro athletes and different things and Mm -hmm. um last year I had the opportunity of working with like the PWHPA and like the group of pro female athletes and teaching them all about Instagram marketing I just finished up doing two courses this year um that we built out for high school athletes that are going to to play Div 1 NCAA and different divisions actually um and just finished building like a whole education program for them because wow. um, there's a lot of recruiting companies that consult athletes in the states about like how to get recruited right. but they don't have anything for how to like build their brand and now that right. athletes can make money they need mm-hmm. to learn that and so teach them about like mindset the mental health of social media that's a mm-hmm. big one um but then also like how to build their personal brand and all that kind of stuff so that's that's what i'm super passionate about um love all the clients that we've worked with over the years but that's like that that's been what we've been like just dove straight headfirst into over the last two years is just pretty much working in that athlete marketing space and especially filling the gap in the education space that's huge and there's just so much i want to like dive in on here because like it's something that jamie and i are pretty passionate about as well right as ex-athletes and whatever like we just found that we love working with the sports and athlete world and stuff like that and the personal branding like as you know is not like a main focus of an athlete like coming up it's like you got to focus on your sport the one thing the most important thing and just become world class at that but i think everyone's realizing now that like you're leaving a lot of money on the table if you're not taking your brand seriously in tandem and that also it doesn't take a lot of effort like you don't have to do anything too crazy you're kind of at like a disproportional advantage disproportionate advantage as an athlete because people are already paying attention to you because you're an athlete right and so i think like that's i love that you're in that space and like coming from someone who is an athlete and is talking about everything from a unique angle like you're gonna have like a lot of success with this but one thing i want to ask you is like do you find that like athletes including like yourself take on a bit too much <laughs> some yeah sometimes i think athletes also like like anyone they also fall into the trap of like not wanting to be judged by people right. that's that's the biggest like hiccup actually i get into mm-hmm. is like convincing athletes like to put themselves out there like oh what my friends and family think i'm like are they the ones paying for your athletic career like <laughs> exactly. like you know what i mean like yeah. it's you, you got to put yourself out there and do these things but I, I do think yeah athletes take on a lot for sure yeah. i mean a lot of the athletes like my goal is to work with those athletes that you know they're going they're they're on the come up right like pro, pro female athletes they don't mm-hmm. get paid a lot of money so they can't hire someone to create a bunch of stuff for them but like how can they learn how to like do these things on their own how can they like make reels and um, exactly. how can they tip their story out there and a lot of them for them it's about impact over hype it's like how can they inspire the next generation like right. that's their bigger mission 
mission rather than you know of course getting sponsorships and stuff on the way but it's like how can they they do this and so that's that's the biggest thing for us is like how can this serve your goals within and out of sport like for example the program i just finished is um for athletes that they probably won't go pro like they're gonna play college they might play div one but they're gonna they're actually building their brands right now for like life after sport like networking for after that and like what if they they want to be a creator like for example right now my shoulder never heals and I never get back to competition. I know the brands I work with. I know like my personal brand is just going to keep like growing because I, what I, what I post is not reliant on like me just performing. Right. It's not right. like, here's my latest result. Follow me. Cause I'm going to be like the next LeBron. Right. It's like, yeah, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. But I post about like more than that. Right. Like about mindset, mental health and all these like experiences and like that won't ever stop. And so um, that's what I try to teach athletes and work with them on is like, just build something around like what you're already doing. And, and like you said, like they have an advantage because what they're doing is already like getting attention. So how can you like create around or basically document like what you're already doing rather than yeah. like, Oh, I need to go film for two hours and do yeah. this. It's like, you're already doing something like yeah. just, you can even make a little vlog like on with TikTok your with your own phone. Yeah. Right. Like there's, it, you just document. People love, yeah. people eat up the behind the scenes stuff too. And love like, it. even like. Like if you're just willing to kind of put yourself out there a little bit and yeah. like you're going to find that like it's like you almost have to do it now. Like I, I'm, I'm yeah. almost getting to the point where it's like unless you are like Usain Bolt and like you just have like someone like just managing all of that side of things. Like I think like and you brought up the best point is like for people who are not going to necessarily go pro and get paid to be athletes forever it's like well you still have a massive opportunity to still brand yourself and create um and it's just so crazy how meta this is because like of your story and then you're helping other people help other people as well like so it's just it's crazy because i've I've, this is like a recurring theme throughout this podcast that i'm finding with you as well is like i wish someone told me x and like that to me like is the lowest hanging fruit easiest way for anyone to create content because everyone has a story and like when people ask me like oh well what would i talk about it's like well what would three years ago you want to hear about and then people just go crazy well like you know i wish i knew about this when i get injured i wish i knew about how to structure a brand deal contracts i wish i knew about you know how to solicit sponsorship how to you know blah 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 how to get on podcasts how to do this how to do that how to start my own all these different things right it's like Oh, okay, cool. You just created content for a year. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just yeah. by framing it like what would you want? What would help you? Because there's a lot of people out there that are just like you who need that. Like who like and so that's why I love what you're doing. Like it fires me up. Well, that's that's the biggest thing. Like I, I also have like a TikTok and Instagram and all those things for like the business. And I, I remember like when I was just working with small businesses and um, e-commerce and stuff, it was like, I can speak Facebook ads. I can speak Google ads. I can do that all day. But so can a million people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and like, I know you like people would always want to work with me for various reasons. Like there'd be my network or my connections or, you know, sport connections or whatever. But I was like, realistically, like my, my skill set and what I can create around all day. Like, it's so easy for me just to like give out a tip that's going to help a bunch of college athletes or high school athletes or pro athletes about like building their brand, because that's, it's what I had to do. Like you said, it's like, that was me years ago. And it's also me now, like I'm mm-hmm. still working with brand deals and doing these things. So yeah. I can speak from like direct experience right now of like, you know, what's going on TikTok and what's going yeah. on with reels or like how people are structuring brand deals now. And so that, that took a big turn. Cause now I was just like, Oh, like, I could talk all this stuff all day, but it's just not exciting me. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can talk about athlete marketing like all the time. And that's for me, like I saw 
especially like my own financial struggles that I went through as an athlete being that like, you know, my parents were super supportive of my sports, but they're like, we can't afford like some of the other parents to like just ship you around the world. Mm -hmm. Like we support this, but you got to like make the money to, to pay for this and figure out a way to make it sustainable. So it's like, okay. So when I had to figure that out, I thought about how many other athletes are in the same situation and they could be blessed genetically, but they have to like pull out of that dream that they have. And that could be in anything that you want to do. Yeah, not because, everyone's going to get a scholarship. <laughs> right. That middle ground is so hard. That yeah. middle ground in any sport. Like I was having, having to compete at the top events in the world, like World Cups. And I was going to them trying to get a 20th place in the world, yeah, which is, yeah. is great, but you're not getting paid anything yeah. versus a person in first is getting paid to be there. They're, they're getting six figure Red Bull deals or seven figure Red Bull deals and then also winning all the prize money. So like, how do I, I can't go to the lower events that actually would pay me more because I would win. Yeah. I have to compete at this top event, but I have to pay to be there and I'm not going to win anything for another few years, you know? Yeah. Like, how can I make that sustainable? And so many athletes are in the same zone and that's why a lot of athletes at the top stay on top, which mm. much respect to them because it's so much work to stay on top but once you get there and you're getting all the money you can keep going keep going imagine yeah. those people coming up it's so hard There's in that no in between yeah. zone and so that's that's a really big mission for me and then also like i was so lucky last year to work with a big group of pro female athletes because that's also a big mission for me is like i i was talking to athletes who i was like i looked up to you when i was a kid because you're a pro hockey player and i used to love like watching hockey and i was like if you were on social media when i was a kid and so well if social media was around when i was a kid yeah. that would have been huge so i was like imagine if you're on there now and like the young generation of girls looking up to you now like they can interact with you like that's so cool and so that really inspires me to keep going with like the trajectory we're on and the people that we're trying to help it's crazy like i've learned um through working with um one of um one of our clients nate bahar red blacks um receiver he built this app called firework which is like connecting brands and athletes and like his whole mission is very similar and like this like our respect right but we started working with him like doing all those tiktok content content and stuff and like just doing some of the research for that finding out how little olympic athletes make like oh like in canada <laughs> i think they get like a stipend or something of like twenty thousand or like twenty two thousand bucks like for the year and then representing canada on like the world stage and like that's canada so i'm just like i'm thinking about the whole world and like these are these are the top athletes putting their body and life on the line every four years to just like crush it everything leading up to that and as like you know it pretty intimately well what kind of goes into that like and not getting supported or paid for that it's like we're not just saying here we're not just sitting here saying like oh yeah it'd be nice to like do a couple like sponsored posts it's like no like you kind of have to build your brand you you is you 100 you hit the nail on the head like i'll put into perspective like my first season on the junior national team i got the best female result at junior world champs i came ninth in the world so i ended up earning one of our um like our junior cards basically so that means you're a funded athlete by the government or whatever um so like you said like you get funded kind of like the same way olympic athletes do yeah and because another guy kind of i think he got the same placing as me they decided to split it in half so i got eight hundred dollars a month or something not even like i think throughout the season i'm pretty sure i got less than eight thousand dollars for the whole year which honestly like it cost me in coaching probably 150 dollars a day for a coach so like that eight thousand dollars doesn't cover anything you know no so like it's just it's so crazy and then you go to competitions and uh apart from junior worlds like most of the time if it's not like this this bigger competition you have to pay for your coaches the physios like mm -hmm. you all split that 
like when they go so it's it's so crazy luckily not to mention how you got to fuel your body oh yeah and And like imagine snowboarding is not cheap right it's not like i can go to a free track and go train it's like i got to pay for like a hundred dollar whist like i actually i we got free season passes most places or anything but which was amazing i learned that the hard way when i stopped i was like oh my god this is how much a season pass costs i had no idea (laughs) oh gosh that's too funny yeah like uh like i was lucky in snowboarding it is very sponsorship driven right like the sport of snowboarding wasn't in the olympics until uh it was announced in 2011 Mm -hmm. for 2014 for my slope snowboarding but because it was like an x game sport and like all this action sport there is a lot of money like red bull and like all these companies were in it um, but only again for like the top athletes, but like, imagine being in a sport like bobsled, like there's, there's no money because those, those athletes aren't on TV. There aren't, there isn't like an X games. There isn't like that same attention. And so, um, yeah, I, I love working with athletes like in those things. Cause like they got to get creative, right. And like, they're motivated to get creative. It's not like there's a lot of athletes who are in basketball or football and they, they don't care. They're like, I'm just going to be LeBron. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know that even LeBron does his own posts and actually most of his salary, it comes from endorsements and mm-hmm. he's able to give millions to his pencils for, uh, I've, pencils for hope or something like his uh charity because of the money he does and like the awareness he does through social media so i'm like there's more than even just making money right it's like this would you want to start a charity or if you're a college athlete do you want to give back to your hometown and promote events small businesses in your hometown like there's so many things that you can do for for a bigger impact and oh yeah um but you you got to get creative and they don't have to to be they don't have to be like i think when people think sponsorships like typical like when you're coming up as an athlete you think like Oh yeah, I gotta get a Nike deal. Right. Like yeah. it does. Like you don't, and you could still work with a local. Like we're in Ottawa, right? Like you could work with a local Ottawa restaurant and like develop a partnership with them and be like, you know what? Like I'm an up and coming lacrosse player. Um, my brand is growing. Here's some analytics to show you that my account's going twenty five percent month over month, and like it's gonna continue to grow. Do you want to like, sponsor me? And, like, can we do this? And, like, I think it's just such a kind of black box for a lot of athletes who, like, are only focused on their performance on the lacrosse. Would you call it a field? Lacrosse field? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, like all that to say, it's, like, yeah, it's kind of like you got no choice at this point. But also, there's never been a better time. Because, you know, like you mentioned with the NIL stuff down in the States, you know, if you're, if you're a college athlete, you can now make money off your name, image, likeness. Still remains to be seen how that's all working out and what some of these deals look like. And there's some shady yeah. stuff going on too. But all that said, like me growing up, it was like unfathomable for a college level athlete to get paid for anything related to their sport and it was like punishable like it was like you'd hear about like lebron getting like flamed for someone gifting him a hummer or something or even giving a drive home from school like that can be viewed as like payment it's so crazy so now that you know that's that's changing and things are opening up like the opportunities there and like you know, I know you and I would definitely over index and tell people like for sure content, like start a podcast or like start something that you can manage, like on top of everything you're already doing, right? Like going back to it, you don't also want to tell athletes to do too much and then burn out and then everything just goes, you know, to waste. But do what you can. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be an insane podcast. It could just be something like two microphones and like you and your homies after practice just like talking about like what you just went through like that could be worth a lot someday and then a lot of brands are going to get interested and ride the wave and like so small brands small athletes like you should still be focusing on this 
Yeah. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned like the whole Nike thing because like yeah. that was actually a big part of the course that we built was specifically the the owners of the company that I partnered with to to put this out. They said they're like, "Can you mention like Nike deal doesn't mean success?" Like because yeah. all our athletes are like, "Oh, when am I going to get sponsored by Nike? I have 100 followers. Follow right. like Nike should sponsor me." And I'm like, "You we're actually seeing a lot of top pro athletes leaving Nike yep. and going with other brands because your version of success is going to be different, right? And so if you go with Nike, Nike has their own version of success. And yeah. they're probably going to put you into their program and be like, okay, hey, you're athlete number X. Of course, we want to make this happen for you. But like, this is the deal you have compared yeah. to these athletes. And this is what we offer. But sometimes like a smaller a brand might be like, hey, you're really into like, you know, maybe after an athlete, you want to, uh, after you're an athlete, you want to host a show. Mm-hmm. Let's like work together on making a YouTube series where you host it and yeah. like we pay you like as a brand deal. Yeah. And that can build up this, right? Like there's brands that are willing to, to work with you towards your goals it doesn't necessarily mean just here's a paycheck and just post my brand or whatever exactly and people are realizing that and i think it's important because we're you know just like the social media comparison game yeah. people are like oh i'm sponsored by nike and you're sponsored <laughs> by this and i'm yeah. like that doesn't mean yeah. anything it's vanity yeah, yeah. like it, it's cool like don't get me wrong like i want to be a nike athlete. <laughs> <laughs> but but like at the end of the day like that's not that does not equal success like right. you know it, there's other forms of payment as well there's you know product you know, if, if you're someone who's, let's say, a snowboarder and someone's getting you a brand new decked out, I don't know much about snowboarding, but a really <laughs> badass multiple thousand dollar board and they're paying for that for you to just make an Instagram story with it. I think that's a major win for some athletes starting out and also major win for the brand because they're like, we see something in this young person and like they're probably not getting a lot of deals right now. So like this is like we're gonna we're gonna mutually benefit from this which probably you know you know all about that's how you have to structure a deal right that's exactly how like any snowboard skateboard sponsorship works actually like (laughs) you you first maybe you have a shop because shops can introduce you to the local reps then you would work with a local rep so like for example i was sponsored by ride snowboards i had billabong as a sponsor and um you usually start with like the local reps of those brands and they're just gifting you stuff and then you move up to like the national level and then you move up to like the pro team level and like there's different deals that they have kind of structured Mm -hmm. so there is kind of like almost a system where it's like usually you don't just skip over to like oh like billabong pro team add me you know unless you're like leaving from another pro team um but like yeah you work through the whole process yeah. going from you know small local person you're working with and they're just gifting you something maybe you're even going to their demos yeah so when they demo at a hill they have like a cool athlete who's there and yeah. can talk through the products um i actually did that i used to go to like the toronto ski and snowboard show and cool. like try to sell people on buying ride and then <laughs> people would always want to buy the pink burton board instead and i'd be like i think i sold more burton boards than, <laughs> than ride but yeah oh, like you do stuff like that so it's actually exactly it works like in in, in line right and some sometimes too you have to prove your value to a brand by like starting somewhere yeah um depending where you're at and some athletes too are doing something really unique that i think we're going to see a lot more of which is like equity deals where it's like hey like not only like do i like really love this brand but like no like i want in from on the ground floor and like we're gonna mutually grow together and like as i pop you're gonna pop and like we're both gonna like blow up from this but i get a piece and like as you know ownership you know can mean a lot more than just paying for a couple sponsored posts right you're naturally going to talk about something that you own 
right? Like, exactly. Like just, it's just going to come up in conversation. When I talk about, you know, my coffee and stuff, like I'll tell people like, yo, like this is why I care about it. Like I went down to Colombia. I felt the, you know, da, 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 I met with the farmers. Like this is why it means so much to me, right? Whereas like if someone was just paying me to talk about coffee, but like, yeah, it's good coffee, man. Like, yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> right. Like you have a stake and you know that if the company grows, like there's a bigger payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. That, that's something I really want to do. And I've always like wanted to do something like that. Like even like from when I was a kid and just learning about business, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like that's that's the dream is like to have some equity deals with, you know, based off my personal brand. And yeah. that's actually something I brought up to like a couple companies because uh, like pretty much all of my deals, especially like with TikTok and it will just all my sponsored deals are, are paid. And then I have some companies like all the time you get brands, right? And like, they, they're like, oh, I don't have budget or do this. Yeah. But like there's been a couple brands who like I really believe in and I know though that they don't like they really don't mm-hmm. have the budget because they're just starting up. And so I've like kind of like put it on the table mm-hmm. like this would be like something I'm really interested in doing. Like, obviously I don't have like a million followers, but like you're also starting um, yeah. from scratch. And I think, you know, based off how much per month my other sponsors are paying me, like there's a lot of value that if you want to like do something with, with equity or some sort of like share trade. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, because I you know, that. your stock is going to continue to rise. Like, and you're going to continue betting on yourself and there's not really like, it's almost inevitable for your brand to just grow. And I, I think we can all agree on that. Like I'm, I'm betting on this podcast growing past what it is currently. Like, I don't need to be Joe Rogan, but I definitely think the podcast is going to get a lot bigger. And so if someone were to offer me equity for sponsorship and I genuinely believe and use that brand or company or product or service, whatever, that's just a win-win because now I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to tell my friends about that. I'm going to tell other business colleagues. I'm going to tell everyone about that. And they're going to be like, that's pretty cool and like as we mutually grow but then like it it also might not work out and it might be a bad deal like not every deal is gonna be like like on point you it's know a what bet, i mean right? it's yeah, a like, bet it's an investment and investment's never fully safe like i mean we've been seeing that a lot with the big brands right like biosteel hypervolt yep. they've been mm-hmm. doing like patrick mahomes they all like most of their deals most of the athletes that they have that are high profile it's they're an investor yep. and like we Steph see a lot Curry, like just so many brands that he just owns a piece of like i think he's going to be more valuable in just investing yeah. in business than actually on the court which is wild 100 percent. but he's <laughs> right and he's making that investment now knowing like okay my salary pays my bills now so like i can afford to like take that pay later and like and and build this up and i want to have like an outlet for already losing my voice again but (laughs) you know after sport and uh and i think the small brands it'll trickle down for them too because as they start right if they want to actually grow they got to invest in marketing like you have to like if you don't have a marketing budget like how are you going to get your brand out there in this day and age but if they want to work with influencers especially influencers you know a you know above a certain level of like putting out content or following or whatever it is um or athletes especially and especially like for me it's hard i can't like say okay i'm just gonna take this unpaid deal because it wouldn't be fair to my sponsors who are paid or it would take away like campaigns that i can do so like unfortunately i'm like i kind of have to pass on this even though i love the product but that gives an avenue where it's like wait a second as a brand you could like afford to give away you know some equity and stuff like you would for an employees right like a lot of startups work that way where it's Mm -hmm. like okay at the start we can't afford to pay all our employees like this crazy high salary but we can give them equity deals and that's of worth they should be doing the same with their influencer partners their 
you know, sponsorship, athlete sponsorship, yeah. brand ambassadors, same thing. And I think they're basically employees working for you through their name, image, and like right. Like we, you know, like <laughs> I, I make a TikTok video every single day, and I would do that completely for free. And yeah. you know, I did, I do it for really well for free for a long time. And mm-hmm. now it's great that I have sponsors and stuff, but I don't look at that as like, oh, that's payment for my videos. I mm-hmm. still put that out, but at the same time, like it is a lot of work, right? And like for you, putting out the podcast is a lot of work, and so there is there's value there. Like I've built this community that's yeah. of value for a brand to partner with me on and uh yeah i think that those equity deals would be really cool that it would be really cool putting that out there <laughs> into the universe but i think i think it is a smart move for a lot of small businesses to do oh, something yeah. like that because right now we always see it just with the big ones but i think it'll trickle down it's a mutual bet and that's that's what i love about this whole space it just really gets me excited listen natalie we could geek out here <laughs> on athlete marketing forever we do got to wrap up the podcast. I'm going to have you back on for sure. I know we're going to do many of these. Um, but I want to finish off kind of on one question here. And like, I'm not really sure how to frame this, but how, what would you recommend for women athletes in particular and growing their like online brand? Because I'm not saying they can't do it or that they're not good at doing it, but like just women's sports in general just doesn't get the same amount of attention and hype. So how do you kind of stick out and like make your content have even more value as a woman? Yeah. Well, I think right now is like the perfect time because women's sports has just got some of the biggest investors like backing that it's ever had like in the past year. Like, yeah, it's growing like crazy, crazy. Like year over year, it's growing like crazy. Like we're starting to get investors. I think, was it Michelob Ultra? Maybe I think it was them that put in like, 10 million or something into and it's going to be straight into endorsements for women athletes so that was like the biggest single company like straight up um investment into women's sports and um there's like new leagues coming new Mm -hmm. teams so like it's i would say now as an athlete it's like the golden era to start building that stuff because it's going to pay off for the next generation as well like it'll set the president right the same with like you know uh, with tennis when they all of a sudden went from making a hundred thousand a year to now the top nine uh highest paid women athletes are in tennis and they're uh, making in yep, yep. name osaka is like making you know millions and millions of dollars in endorsements so yep. they're it's starting to get there obviously it's not anywhere near like an nfl or mlb or those kind of things but um as a as a professional woman athlete it's kind of the same advice i give to anybody really is like really hone in on your story mm. like what's your story and then as a professional woman athlete usually we're more like i would say female athletes are more accessible to their fans mm. like lebron is probably not responding responding to his dms but i've had like a bunch of you know pro female athletes on my podcast who have talked about like if a young girl dms me i'm gonna all answer like yeah, okay. right and so i think that's the big Leaning thing in too on the like engagement making a community mm. right like and and actually like focusing on that and i think that that's what i love about like my opportunity that i had last year to work with these pro female athletes on this was like they are so motivated to like make that impact on the next generation and that is also valuable for right you know potentially making money and brand deals and stuff like that but you know they they're willing to be creative and put that investment in because it's impact over hype for them when you're just chasing the hype yeah it, it's you burn out on it you're like oh exactly. what am i even posting about oh it's like i'm <laughs> exactly. following likes or whatever but these people are following like that one person that comments or that one person that messages and they've impacted and that keeps them going keeps them going so i would say just focus on that and uh stay consistent and i love how that also circles back to helping the person you were three years ago right and like as as particularly as as a woman in sports like you understand kind of a little bit more of the uphill battle that you might have just in terms of just numbers it's a fact like just just it's it's just tougher to get to that level like there's only so many like female athletes like you were talking about like tennis and stuff like that that are like household legitimate household names right 
as much as that's growing and that's awesome there's still a lot of work to be done in that space but like if you can help the next generation or an athlete that's like just behind you like that's just gonna grow and snowball just like everything we're doing a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah and i think like we saw in the olympics like i think sunny lee who won gymnastics was like one of the biggest follower growth um paige bookers from in uh she was in march well now they're labeling the women's tournament march madness as well but it wasn't called march madness um this past year but yeah she was like i think she was one of the most followed and talked about athletes male or female in the march madness tournament um yeah so like there's there you know women are starting to be part of the conversation but they're also it's also through showing like the inequalities like there was that girl sedona on um tiktok and it was through showing the behind the scenes of what happened at the nca double a tournament that she got to like two or maybe three million tiktok followers wow. now, like blew up and there's another girl she was showing the behind the scenes of the olympics and um she blew up on on tiktok and she was a rugby player like yeah. from a sport that a lot of women's rugby wasn't really watched right Seriously. but she got so many people interested in it because she was just showing documenting the behind the scenes of the olympics and so just being creative and being consistent putting yourself out there really will will shine a light and because we know that there's more demand for women's sports than it is getting media attention it gets like four percent of the media attention but like 50 percent of the population is like women Mm. and like women do care about this so if women are their own brand and putting themselves out there they're going to overtake those media like people aren't watching on tv well they're where are they going they're going to social media so there is that demand there exactly and it's kind of like in when we're talking social media and stuff like in that sense it's more of a level playing field where like you have the same chance of going viral as someone else like who's not a female and like it's about the content it's about the behind the scenes it's about the storytelling just like you said i love that um again it's been an amazing pleasure to have you here on the podcast we could sit here (laughs) and just chat for hours about sports business marketing all this stuff but i just i really appreciate you i love what you're doing and just the raw authentic content that you put out every day never stop and just remember everyone thanks for listening it's not that deep. You can find Natalie on all platforms at Natalie Alport. Yep. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks a lot. Right. Awesome. Cool. That was really fun. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> we, we, were, we were going in. Like, I think 